Welcome to Unikibar, a podcast dedicated to advocating for intersectional feminism through storytelling. This episode features Jalen Dong. She's a film and television major, and her piece is titled To Love for the First Time. It's about falling in love for the first time and learning how to accept and welcome love. But specifically, it's about the way her Asian background, combined with the images of love she has seen growing up on screen, impacted the way she navigated this relationship. To love for the first time. To love for the first time. In Becoming by Michelle Obama, she writes, We grow up with messages that tell us there's only one way to be American. That if our skin is dark or our hips are wide, if we don't experience love in a particular way, if we speak another language or come from another country, then we don't belong. That is until someone dares to start telling that story differently. This is about the time when someone told me the American love story differently. It was summer 19, I had sun on my skin and highlights in my hair, I was set on saving up, bonding with friends old and new, fixated on the idea of thinking of just me, finally having my single and mingle summer. But alas, I fell in love for the first time. I had just come off the high of my junior year, the finish line was well within view, and this time there was no college waiting for me at the end of it, no moving away and living on my own, just the haunting thoughts of me and my impending future, so I thought the probability of me getting into anything was next to nothing. But, lo and behold, the confidence in my singling and mingling was soon broken by a six-foot-two Dominican boy. Now this boy, uh, let's call him Santi, was very unexpected. Santi was too tall. Kissing him felt like trying to fake my height to get onto the big kid's ride, too good-looking. I thought someone like him would never find someone like me attractive. He was the person I thought would only ever see me as a fling, the person I wanted to just make a casual thing, because Santi was too soon. He was to go back to the Dominican Republic at the end of the summer, and by the time he gets back, I would have graduated. Santi was unexpected, I was then affected, and we were soon to be disconnected. But most of all, it was unexpected because the Asian girls and brown boys never get to fall in love, let alone with each other. The world told Asian girls they were too busy studying, and the brown boys that they were too tired from getting high off their ass, so who would have time for love? But love always came through. Good or bad, the world started to show me different kinds of love. Love was first explained to me in song. Love was High School Musical. It was Troy and Gabriella. Instant obsession, learn new lessons. It was, I love her so much, I will date her even though she's nerdy. And it was, no dad, basketball is your dream. I just don't want to get my head in the game. I want to sing. Love was risking what you love for someone else. Love was then explained to me in high school. Love were the white boys I wish would like me. Because love could be the mixed Asian and white babies I could have one day that look the way I willed myself to be when I was a kid. Love was a beautiful yet dark, twisted fantasy. Love was explained to me in pain. Love was the screaming I heard from my bedroom. It was the day my parents started sleeping apart. The divorce that should have happened but never did because it would break the facade of the perfect family they've built. Love was an exhausting, too-good-to-be-true trap. Love was never handed to me on a silver platter. No one taught me how to love... Even my parents, the people that were put on this earth to love me unconditionally, did not know how. No one showed me the right way to hold someone, to handle issues without sparking new consequences, only putting up walls and showing defenses. No one told me love could look like an Asian girl like me or a brown boy like him. 
So y'all should have seen my face when Santi made me feel like the protagonist of an A24 movie because for me, love used to be something you just brushed off your shoulder as you do your walk of shame out of Stovie. It was never Twilight or The Fault in Our Stars because for kids that aren't white, movies never showed us playing songs for each other on the guitar or sneaking out at night to, you know, like look at the stars. So to even think I had a chance was just searching for a fantasy. But it was summer 19. I had sun on my skin and highlights in my hair. And I guess love was in the air. You've just finished hearing Jilin's wonderful performance. Welcome to the Q&A portion of this episode. For our first question, Jilin tells us what inspired her to write her monologue. Okay, so like I said in the monologue, um, the boy that I was with had to go home to the DR, but I actually went home a few days before his flight flew out. Um, I went home for like two weeks before school started. This was the end of last summer, so summer 19. And it was like, I think five or six days after we separated and I was like heartbroken. It was like the first time I've experienced heartbreak in this way. And I was, like, crying every day, unsure how to let out my emotions. And I ended up going to this Broadway show where I got, like, I got really cheap tickets for it. So I went by myself. And it's called A Seawall, A Life, I think. And it's basically a whole show, like, an hour, 45 minutes of just two monologues about, like, love, relationships, life, death, like, all that stuff. And it really spoke to me because it made me realize that, like, yeah, I'm feeling a lot right now and, like, this really sucks in the moment, but, you know, I'm lucky to have been so young and, like, fell in love and experienced this for the first time. And I took the train home from the Broadway show and, like, that was the first time I wrote the first draft. And that show was really what kind of drove the monologue because it made me think about the entire experience more objectively than I have the entire week. Um, so yeah, and it was more of just like a cathartic thing for me to just let all my emotions out on a page and think about him in a really good light because it was a really great and beautiful relationship. And yeah, that's what the whole thing is about. Then she explains why she chose to include the quote from Michelle Obama's book. Um, so I was actually reading that book the same summer that I was with this guy. And like the minute I read that quote, I was like, oh my God, gotta underline it, love the quote. And I like bookmarked it. And then when I wrote this monologue and went back to like edit it, I thought about the quote because I think she says like um, something about telling that story differently. And growing up, there was always like one traditional model I thought about falling in love, specifically pertaining to like being American and like what I see on TV. Um, and there was always one way I imagined love in a way of like, oh my God, I'm gonna fall in love in high school and like sneak out and like go to the dance with a boy and like all this stuff that we were like grown up seeing on TV. Um, but everything that actually happened with me in this relationship was not that at all. Like it was super confusing and awesome at the same time and nothing was linear in the way that I thought it was gonna be. Um, so I thought that quote was just like really important to include because I think that quote is just like a little bit of what my monologue speaks on and speaks about. She went on to elaborate on how her cultural background impacted the way she viewed love. Oh, my cultural background really, really messed with the way I be thinking about love, y'all. So growing up, my family was like super, super like strict Asian household. My mom was like, my mom and dad were both like no boyfriends until high school. And then I got to high school and they were like no boyfriends until college. Like only focus on your school. Like college has been something that I had my eyes set on since I was like in the fifth grade. So that was all I was ever really allowed to think about. Um, so... 
it, that was how I used to think about love. And then freshman and sophomore year, I started asking my parents, like, oh, would you be okay if I, like, started dating someone? Even though, like, I didn't have my eye on anyone. It was just, like, a question. I wanted to see if they were ever okay with it. And they were like, oh, like, wait till you're 21. And I was like, all right, chill. And then it was junior and senior year. And then all of a sudden now, they expect me to have a boyfriend. Like, they keep asking, like, where is your boyfriend? And it was weird going from, like, having your eyes set out on like being an independent person to like having to kind of shift the way of thinking to you have to be in this unit with someone because that is what you do um and also like being an asian person i didn't i can't speak on other asian cultures but like with my household it's not very affectionate um so i didn't really understand what it was to love someone uh, my parents were never really affectionate with me or each other. I think I've seen them kiss like twice in my entire life and I'm 21 years old. Um, so it really contrasted the way that I thought you were supposed to love someone. So it confused me a lot. And it was it's hard to think about how you should be pursuing a person too, just because you were never kind of given the tools to do so. Um, yeah, just growing up in my household made me very confused on like, what you should do so when you like someone and then like I'd hear things in school and my parents would tell me things and I'd see things on TV and all those different ways of loving that have been shown to me just like made everything just all the more jumbled up um yeah and also also like my parents have this weird thing of you should kind of aspire to be with a white man because that validates you in some way um or be with an Asian person. Like, the options were either an Asian person or a white man, which is really weird because I was raised in New York City and, like, Brooklyn in particular, and it was really diverse. So, like, naturally, everyone I was surrounded with was of different backgrounds and different races. And, like, growing up, my parents kind of wanted me to aim for, like, a quote-unquote, like, higher race or higher, like, way of being. And there's this line in my monologue where I say something about, like, the white and Asian babies that I wish I could have. And that's because, like, growing up, I thought that a successful love would be a love with a white man, which is so messed up. And, like, I remember there was this one time I went back to Vietnam and I saw a portrait of my great-great-grandfather. And France colonized Vietnam, like, way back when. So I was like, oh, my God, my grandfather looks white. I could possibly be white. Like, and for in my head, I was like, that means that, like, I'm all the more better now because I'm, like, part French. And it doesn't change the way I look at all, but it made me think that I am this better human in a way. And, like, I thought that if I fell in love with a white man, that, like, my child in the future would be so much more good-looking than I could that than I could have ever been. Um, so, yeah, that's how... That's all the different ways my cultural background has impacted everything I ever thought about love and what it means to be, like, a beautiful person, a beautiful love, Yeah. Finally, she summarizes what this relationship taught her about love. I think the biggest thing that this relationship has taught me is that, like, love is never what you expect it to be. It's never going to play out in the way that you want as much as, like, you rehearse it in your head or as much as you imagine it to turn out. Um, it's taught me that, like, it's such a beautiful thing as much as, like, it's it can suck sometimes. It can be so hard. But I was actually playing this game with my friends the other day, and one of the questions was like, what is the feeling that you miss? And it, I was just like, I miss being in love because being in love was the first time that like everything else in my life kind of floated away in the moment. And it kind of relieves my anxieties about anything else because when you're in love, it's just like, that's the only thing you're thinking about. And 
I guess this relationship has taught me to like be a more patient person. Moreover, like the relationship has taught me there's not one way to love. There's not one right way to love. I used to think that like a successful relationship would equal like X, Y, Z. And after this, I was like, no, like a successful relationship could mean 10 different things, especially when I look at like my relationship versus like any of my friends or any relationship I'd see that people would like aspire to be like. Um, They're all different. They all have their like good times and bad times. And I, it it taught me to be more open-minded and like more happy about it. Cause I also think I was in denial of this relationship for a long time and it didn't take to like the very end when I realized that I loved this guy. Um, so yeah, it taught me that life is beautiful. Love is beautiful. I should be grateful. Um, everyone deserves to be in love. Everyone deserves to be loved, to love someone else. Yeah. As we wrap up this episode, here are Jalen's last words. Um, final words would be love who you love sounds super corny and it's been totally oversaid but i mean it in every way possible i think that love is one of the most beautiful yet painful experiences but it's all a part of being human and if there's one thing i want anyone to take out of my monologue it is that you deserve to love and to be loved for exactly who you are um not for anything anyone else wants you to be not for anything that um the world or society wants you to be um yeah everyone's fucking awesome i don't know if you can curse in this podcast but i did it anyway i'm sorry um love is love love is love yeah um all right thank you for listening to my episode bye Thank you for listening to Jalen's episode. If you'd like to hear more Uni Kebop performances, we will be releasing new podcast episodes every day through April 25th. Stay tuned!